Take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. I was visiting with Dale back here just before I got up here. You know, of course, most of you know the, the uh, Super Bowl is going on in case we see something pop up on the screens. <laughs> it's probably Sam back there. <clears throat> I've already had to reel him in a couple times on it. But anyway, uh, and then if I hear somebody holler and scream touchdown, I'll know that you're looking at your phone. Amen. <laughs> we do have an altar for all of you, but... Uh, but you know, I, it is kind of unique that... Uh, you got Taylor Swift. They said that she's brought in a lot of millions and millions of dollars for the NFL because she goes to those games. Got people to come that never would go there. Well, we've got a Dale Swift. <laughs> and he's got a guitar, amen? <laughs> Probably going to have to take that gray beard and put some red in it, though, as I just imagine. <laughs> Acts chapter 11. Might as well have fun, amen? amen? At least the fun that you're having tonight is not going to cost you $10,000 like it is up there in Vegas, amen? All right. Amen. Acts chapter 11. If you would please stand for reading God's Word. Acts chapter 11. We begin reading verse 19 and read down through verse 26. So now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose out of Stephen traveled as far as Phineas. Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but to the, unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost, and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus, for to seek Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to, unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And a lot of times that's where we go and, and begin to preach about the, uh, being called Christian, being Christ-like. They was first called that at uh, Antioch. But I want you to look back at a different verse tonight. I want you to look at verse 23. And who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. I'd like to preach a message, living with purpose on purpose. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening asking that you'd meet with us. Lord, I do thank you for the folks that are here tonight, Lord, and we praise your holy name, Lord. The most important thing that's going on tonight is what's going on in churches around this country and around the world. The most important thing is about Jesus Christ, not about a piece of football or a piece of leather being kicked around a field. And we thank you, Lord, so much for loving us. And we thank you for your mercies. And we thank you for so great a salvation we're in that you have saved us. Bless now the preaching of thy word. Bless the folks, Lord, for their faithfulness to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Yeah. 
well, the church was growing and the gospel was going out. And when it had been told unto those in Jerusalem, they said, let's send Barnabas. We'll send him to confirm the church and to strengthen the church, those who had been saved. He said, listen, let's send him there and, and let him look things over and make sure that everything's going well, but to confirm them, make sure that, it was, that everything was done proper, but also to strengthen them in the Lord. But I want us to consider something here, what Barnabas, Barnabas exhorted them to do. They were to live for the Lord with purpose of heart. To live for the Lord with purpose of heart, not just float along with no purpose. I fear today that many Christians are floating with no real purpose of heart. No real purpose of heart. Yes, if things come along, they may snatch it and grab it. But you know, in life, we need purpose. Over the years, I've watched and, and sit with a lot of elderly people, especially in the latter years of their life. And one of the things that always seems to, to, to come out in those situations, a lot of them begin to give up because they don't feel like they have purpose. Don't feel like there's any purpose in their life. I want to tell you something here tonight. As long as you're here on this earth, God has purpose for you. Right. He has plan for you. Now, it may mean shifting gears and, and, and downshifting so you can pull that hill. But my friend, I want you to understand, God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. Every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, those who know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is a purpose of heart. They were to live, as I said, for the Lord. The purpose, with purpose of heart, the Bible says there that they were to cleave unto the Lord. And I got to thinking about that. I thought, well, I'm going to just look at that. And, and we understand really what cleave means. But to, to look at the word that it, that it was translated from and to see how far it went, it says to stay further, remain in place with a person, to adhere to, to per, uh, persevere in, abide still, be with, cleave unto, continue in with the Lord. And so we see that with this purpose that Barnabas said, the purpose of heart, he said, you're to cleave unto the Lord. You're to stay connected with him. Your heart is supposed to be entwined with the Lord Amen. and staying with him, not just drifting here and there. Well, Barnabas gave them that purpose of their life in Christ. Again, let's look at this. Verse 23 says, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad. Otherwise, God was doing a great work there. And exhorted them all that they with purpose of heart would cleave unto the Lord. Many Christians today need to hear that message again about cleaving to the Lord. Cleaving to the things of God. Cleaving to the, to the Lord himself because they have no idea or purpose in their heart. Many times the Christians, they get saved and they think, well, that's all there is to it. Or folks can say that they, they think that's all there is to it. But it's not. That's just the beginning. And God has so much for your life and my life. And we need to understand that. But it comes with a purpose that is given to us, and then we, it takes it, us doing it on purpose. So many times we fail to understand that the Lord says, wait a minute, I've got a plan. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I want you to be close to me. When you and I got saved or received Jesus Christ as our Savior, our purpose changed, or it should have changed, I'll put it that way, the purpose in your life. Because before you got saved, the natural man had its own purpose, and that was to live for self, do what self wanted to do, maybe to gain the things of this world, the natural man, self-satisfaction, uh, uh, had a purpose for self. Which sometimes the things that we had purpose in life uh, before salvation, all those things weren't bad. I mean, it might have been to, 
to be a, a, you know, to provide for your family, to work hard. And that's good. That's right. And we should have that. But that's not should be the ultimate purpose in a Christian's life. Can I tell you something here tonight? A lot of people don't understand this. And, and I'll, get, I'll cover this a little bit better here in a second with, when I make this statement. The whole purpose of your life is not making a living no. as a Christian. No. Now, are you supposed to make a living? Yes. You're to provide for your family. You're to work. In fact, the Bible says that he don't work, shouldn't eat. Boy, that's not very popular in our country today. But that's what the Bible says. And you know what? If we get back to the Bible, we might have more people working. Now, there's those who need help, and I understand that, and we should help them. But many times we have, have placed them in a place where the, we have hurt them and hindered their life instead of helping them. So there's some good things with the natural man that working and so forth like that, a purpose, make a living, provide for the family, provide a home for the family, uh, uh, do some good things like that, help uh, to, to help your nation to improve, to be a better nation in, in many respects. Those are good things. But I'm going to tell you something. A lot of churches get all wound up. And, 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 and I believe that we should take a political stand from a spiritual, from a biblical point of view. Amen. But I'm going to say this. We're not here about politics. Nope. We're here about the Lord Jesus Christ. But, with that said, it's intertwined in many respects, many times. You see, what happens today is a lot of Christians are not voting the Bible, they're voting this. And our problem today is, is that we've lost our purpose as a Christian and we're about this instead of about the Lord. You say, well, preacher, if we, get the, if we get the wrong one in there, what's going to happen? The same thing God wanted to happen. He's my God. He's in control of my life. He's Lord. Amen? Amen. And it doesn't matter who's in the White House. Right. I, I'm more concerned about uh, who's in this house. Amen? Amen? And the Lord can take care of that. And our purpose should be about living for the Lord, cleaving unto the Lord. And then we follow after what he'd have us to do. A lot of it has to do with our perspective or our priorities in life and for now and for eternity. But Barnabas, he exhorted them to not go back to the old ways, to not go back to the old life, but to stay near unto the Lord, to cleave, he said, unto the Lord as their purpose in their hearts. To cleave is to get as close to you. I, I, I don't know about what you, what you might have said. Come, come here, Cal. To cleave, if I was to cleave to Cal, it would be I would grab him and hang on to him, all right? I'm cleaving unto him, and we're going to go somewhere. I'm going to cleave onto him. I don't want him to get drug off somewhere, and, and we might be walking down a, a dark alley or something, and I'll hang on to him because I don't want somebody snatching him, or really, I don't want somebody snatching me, so I'm hanging on to him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one thing about... Me, they don't steal fat people anymore. They don't kidnap them. You know, they go for the little ones. But that's to cleave, to hang on, to stay near. And the Lord wants that, thank you, Cal, wants that in your life and my life with the Lord. When you got saved, the Lord says, I want you to cleave unto me. I want you to be near unto me. I want you to hang on to me. I want to do a great work in your life. I want to be a, a part of every area of your life. And so he says to cleave unto him. A purpose is to cleave unto the Lord. It's not to cleave unto this world. We're going to leave this world, folks. That's 
It's not to cleave unto your house. You're going to leave that house one of these days, one way or another. It's not to cleave unto your bank account. You're going to leave that behind sometime. It's not to cleave unto your work because one of these days you won't be able to work and do the job that you're doing. And, and so the, to cleave unto those things, they're short-lived. So we need to cleave unto something that's going to last for eternity. Amen. And we're to cleave unto the Lord with all of our heart. Paul spoke of a purpose of his life as being different than the lost world. The lost world has a different perspective on things, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> and Paul said, my life is different since I got saved. He said, it's been changed. And he says, I've got a different purpose. If you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and you begin to read that, you hear me quoted a lot there and talks about uh, this also knowing in the last days perilous times shall come. And he begins to list all the things that will happen in the last days. And it's talking about people's lives and how they're living. Ungodly lives all the way down through there. And Paul is listing all these things as he's writing under Timothy. And then he, when he gets down to verse 10, he says this, but... He stops. He says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, comma, manner of life, comma, purpose, comma, faith, comma, long-suffering, comma, charity, comma, patience. He says, you've known all those things in my life. But notice what he put in there. My purpose. I'm here for a reason. And my reason of my heart is to, to live for the Lord and to magnify the Lord. He said, you can see my purpose. Can I tell you something tonight? You, this world can see your and my purpose that's in our hearts. The purpose of our heart. The world sees it and knows it. How do you know? Because we talk about our purpose. We live our lives about our purpose. We get excited about our purpose. We, we, we share our purpose. You know what a lot of people, a lot of Christians tonight, you know what their purpose is? Enjoy football. Enjoy life. Enjoy things. Now, I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm just saying that their purpose is different in their heart and mind. And I'm not going to stand here and just, and I'm not standing here to condemn. I'm just saying, this is what, this is what our, our purpose shows in how we live our life. And you say, well, preacher, we wasn't called to be preachers or, or missionaries or, or whatever. No, but there's a purpose in your life. And God has given all of us a purpose. And Barnabas spelled it out. And that is to cleave unto the Lord. To be close to Him. To take a hold of Him. To not turn loose of Him. He goes on and verse 11 says, Persecutions and afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He, he talked about his life in verse 10, how that, he was, that, that this was his life. He said, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Then he said, but, you know, I went through some persecutions. He said, but you know what, even... Uh, even in the difficulties, even in the struggles of my life, even in the persecutions, and even when things got hard, and even when things got difficult, he said, it didn't change. 
Amen. It didn't change. Because he said, you, you've seen all the persecutions, but he said, but you also seen my manner of life. You've seen my purpose. You've seen my faith. You've seen my charity. And he goes on and lists all of them there. He said, you've seen that everything was still, that I was cleaving unto the Lord during those times when things was difficult, when things was hard, when it didn't seem like uh, I should be going that direction. I stayed with the Lord. I hung on to him. I'm going to tell you something, folks. We're living in a day and time where you better buckle your seatbelts because things are going to get rough at times. And you better be able to have a purpose in your life that is cleaving unto the Lord. Because if you don't, it's going to rattle you right out of your seat. This, this, this country and this world is in a, is in a, a mess. And don't believe that, it's, that we're just going to float on by without any type of repercussions from it. But my friend, if you understand that your purpose is not about all that stuff, but your purpose is about living for the Lord Jesus Christ, then it makes a, a major difference in your life. It'll give you peace of heart. It'll give you peace of mind. It'll guide and direct you, even though th through the difficulties of life. When you've got your purpose right, your life is going to be right. Amen. We'll talk about that in just a little bit here in a minute. Even in the persecutions and difficulties, he said, you could see my purpose and my manner of life, but... He pushed on for the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that each of us, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we've been called to a higher purpose. Okay? You've been called to a higher purpose. Let me say that again. When you receive Jesus Christ, you're saved. When you come into this world before you got saved, you had a purpose. That is to make a living, to live, to provide for yourself and, and your fleshly needs and so forth. That was your purpose in life. You had to survive, okay? That was your, that was your purpose before you got saved. That's what you thought. God had a different story for you. But when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior... God takes you to a higher level of purpose for your life. He doesn't leave you there with just the necessities of life. He's going to move you on because he's going to provide for those things. He's going to take care of that. That should be the least of our worries. Uh, yes, we still, got to, we still continue to work and do what he has us do in that area. But he's going to take care of those needs. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 9, he says this. Who hath saved us... Now listen to what he says, and called us with an holy calling, not according to our work, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Notice that he says here, has called us with an holy calling. Otherwise, we weren't there. We didn't have, we wasn't, uh, Russ, we wasn't born with that purpose in our heart to live for God and serve God. In fact, we, we didn't think much about God before we got saved. He was on the back burner, if anything. We might have went to church because our folks went to church, but it had to come to that point where the Holy Spirit dealt with our lives and convicted us and we got saved. And then he called us to a different purpose, a higher purpose, a higher calling. He called us out of the purpose that we was in before, brings us into a place and said, wait a minute now, you used to, your life used to be about this, but here's your purpose now. Here's the purpose I want for your life. Here's the purpose of your heart. Here's what I, I want you to cleave to. Here's what I want you to do in your life. He says, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Living for him and not self. Magnifying Him in every area of our lives, with our lives. Worship and praise of Him 
and not self or things or money or this world, material things. That purpose is also that growing relationship with Him in prayer and His Word, in the things of God, sharing Him with others, walking after the Word of God. That is a purpose, the higher purpose, the higher calling in our lives. You say, well, preacher, again, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a, a missionary. No, but that same calling was for every single person in this room that knows Jesus Christ as your Savior. He called you from that lower purpose to a higher purpose, and that is to cleave unto the Lord and walk with Him and live with Him and serve Him and grow closer to Him than you ever have before. That is the purpose of God. You say, well, isn't it, about, isn't it about this, about that? No, it's about the Lord. Our lives become about the Lord. That is the purpose of God for your life and my life. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Otherwise, He said, listen, when I saved you, He said, I want you to walk in these things. I want you to walk in the purpose that I have for your life. I want you to walk in, the, in, in this newness of life. The Bible says that when we get saved, it's, we're saved. It's in the newness of life. There's a new life. There's a new, a new vigor. There's a new understanding. We have a new purpose again. And he said, I want you to walk after that. Many times we come, we sit in this pew, and we think, the only thing I've got to do, I've got to go to church, listen to the preacher, spit and holler, <laughs> get up, go home, do what I want to do all week long, come back Wednesday night, then come back on the weekend, listen to the preacher spit and holler again, go back home and go through life. No, my friend, God has so much more for you and me than that. Now, I have what we might call a calling on my life. The Lord called me out to be a, a pastor and to preach. But every one of you have a calling in your life. And can I tell you that that calling is the same calling that I've got, and that is to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Daily. Not just Sunday. Not just Sunday night. Not just Wednesday night. Not just when things get hard and you get scared and you're wanting God to be near to you. But every single day of your life. Amen. To live with a purpose to cleave unto the Lord that your heart might be about the Lord and not about yourself. We, we preached this morning about, about the, the Lord looks on the heart and he knows your heart. And God looks at your heart and he looks at my heart and he says, I want to give that heart a purpose. A purpose. Why? Because at the being, at the center of your being is that heart. And if you don't have a defined purpose in your heart for the Lord, then there is other things that will be in your life that will purpose your life, and it won't be for living for the Lord. And so we want our heart consumed with the purpose of God. We find that there he's talking about that, cleaving unto Him and staying as near as possible as we can in our walk with Him. That is that workmanship uh, we could, uh, we need to be like David and say in the in the presence of the of, the, of an enemy's attack when Goliath came and he mocked Israel and he mocked the God of Israel. David said this as his brothers began to tell him, "Quit, quit doing all this stuff and, and quit talking to people. You need to get out of here. You just a, you know you just a, a, a interfering with everything." And David said this: "Is there not a cause?" Do you know why David said that? Because he had a purpose in his heart. 
David had already been anointed to be the king of Israel to replace Saul. And now he's out there as a ruddy youth still, a young man, and he sees the big picture. And I'm not talking about a giant. I think he sees the giants of the world. Here's what he sees. He sees the need of living for God when everybody else is running from the enemy. And he sees a cause to magnify the Lord with his life. You read that down through there, and every time he talks about the Lord, how that the Lord will deliver him into his hand, how the Lord will take his head from off his shoulder, how that he'll, he'll bring honor and glory to the Lord and, and magnify the Lord in destruction of him and the Philistines. His purpose was not so that he could take the armor of Goliath. His purpose was not so that he could become popular his purpose was not even so that he could become king. He was already king. Mm -hmm. right. Though he had not stepped on the throne yet. His purpose was not to show everybody how mighty he was. His purpose was to magnify the Lord. Amen. And to live for God. That was his heart's desire. When he went before Saul there and... And they told him, said, you're not a man of war. He's a man of war. And he went on. He said, but, my, but he said, God delivered, the, 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 delivered me out of, the, out of the paw of the lion and the bear. And he said, I killed them. And he said, my God will do the same thing with this Philistine. Why could he say that? Because he already had a purpose in his heart to live for God. Not for himself, but for God. That's what we need in our churches again today. Young men, young ladies, middle age, older, mature, with a purpose to live for God, to magnify the Lord, to bring honor and glory to his name. That should be the purpose in our hearts. So that when we do so, we will touch the lives of those around us, including our family, our children, our grandchildren, our workers, and our co-workers. You see, there's a cause. All around us, we see the cause for, for us to take up a, a, a life that has a purpose to live for the Lord. If you can't see that there's something wrong with you, if you can't see that there's a, that there's a, a major purpose... A major cause for you and me as Christians to live for God and stand strong in this day and time against the enemy, against the wiles of the devil. If you can't see that, there's something wrong. Because the enemy is raging and the enemy is, is running amok and, and destroying lives and destroying Christians and destroying churches. Tonight there's lights are off in churches all across this nation. Right. Why, preacher? Some of them because it's Super Bowl Sunday. God have mercy on us in a nation where we say that we love the Lord and we'll close down a church for Super Bowl. You say, preacher, are you against Super Bowl? No, I'm not against Super Bowl. I think they ought to have it on Saturday. But what I'm saying is this. Why should we close a church for the things of the world? I'm old enough to remember when I was in high school, they did not have any type of school activities on Sunday and Wednesday night. But now we bust them all over the place on Sundays. 
and have all kinds of ball games and everything else on Wednesday nights. They say, and I've heard them say, well, we're just so busy, got so many of these activities, we just have to do that. No, then you've got too many activities. And we wonder why our, our kids are, are, are claiming to be furries and, and bark and meow like cats and dogs and everything. We need to get our purpose back. Churches are dying. Christians are becoming more like the world. You see, we don't need Super Bowl Christians. We need godly sold out Christians. We need souls uh, that people are going to be on fire for the Lord. Souls are dying without Jesus Christ as, a, as their Savior. Uh, a solid spirit-filled preaching, our, that solid spirit-filled preaching has, has been traded for stage bands and entertainment. We need to get back to a purpose uh, with our heart cleaving unto the Lord for the things of God again. And excitement where Christians are excited about the Lord, excited about the preaching, excited about the Word of God, excited about the Spirit of God, moving in our hearts and lives, and not afraid and not ashamed to stand up for God. We need to have that purpose in our hearts again. Amen. You know, see, well, preacher, you was just born too early. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I got, I've been able to see some good meetings and see the hand of God move in some tremendous ways in revivals. Amen. And I'm not looking back. I want to look forward. I want to see God do great things. Amen. This world needs to see Christ in the church again. Needs to see Christ in the lives of Christians again. Needs to see the Lord in our homes and in, in our character and in our work ethic and all that we do. They need to see the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me say this. We must live with purpose on purpose. You say, preacher, I don't quite understand that. You will not live with purpose for the Lord unless you do it on purpose. We think that many times that all we got to do is go to church. Pick up our Bibles, read it once in a while, pray a little bit, and that's all it's going to take. No, my friend, we must take up the cross daily for Lord Jesus Christ. We must follow Him daily. And the only way you can do that is you have to decide, you have to choose to do it on purpose. That means becoming aware of your need and the need around you for the Lord each and every day, all day long. It's not just about Sunday or Wednesday. It's about every day and every minute of the day living for the Lord. Living for the Lord doesn't just happen. It must be done on purpose. Choices made, convictions kept, bathed in prayer and, and solid desire to, for a walk with, the God, with God and to, lead, and to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. When's the last time that, that you got real serious about saying, Holy Spirit, would you lead and guide my life? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many in the past week has even prayed, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Think about that for a minute. Well, preacher, you know we are Baptists. <laughs> Doesn't matter. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in. Right. That's right. And He dwells within us. 
Well, yeah, he's the seal unto the day of redemption. He sealed me. You've preached about that before. Yeah, but he's much more than just a seal. He's to guide us. He's to give us understanding of the Word of God. He's to have freedom to work in and through us to bring honor and glory to the Lord, to magnify God. But when's the last time that you on purpose said, Holy Spirit, help me to live for the Lord today. Holy Spirit, what do I need to do today? Lord, would you empower me to be a witness and a testimony for you today? And the only way that, that those things are going to happen is when we do it on purpose. Daniel, when they was, Daniel and his, his friends were carried off into Babylon, when they got there, they, they took Daniel and his friends and they, they was going to make them eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine. And that meat had been offered to sacrifices and the, and the food was not good for them physically even. And, and, but most of all, uh, Daniel didn't want to eat it because it had been sacrificed to idols. And so he didn't want to defile himself with that. He wanted to live for God. So he, with purpose, he, he asked that he might not defile himself, that he wouldn't have to eat that food. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart. Where did he put the purpose? In his heart. Why in his heart, preacher? Because that is him. That is the real you, your heart. We preached about that today. And he purposed in his heart. They would, not be def they would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine that which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel purposed in his heart not to eat those things that had been offered to idols, that he might magnify the Lord with the understanding of this. He knew this, that they could easily put him to death for just making the request. Because making the request is this, I don't want to eat what the king is providing for me. And you know what? They didn't care to put you to death. You, you mean you're saying that the king's meat's not good enough for you? This is a king's meat. I don't want it. Been offered to idols. You mean you don't care about his, his gods? Nope, don't. Well, then we're going to put you to death. He knew that with the understanding that he could be put to death. But he purposed in his heart anyways. You see, if he hadn't purposed it in his heart, they might have threatened him and he might have changed. But when he purposed it in his heart, it's like saying signed, sealed, and delivered. No changing it now. And he would not back up on it. He purposed in his heart knowing that. You have to purposely... Choose in your heart to walk with God. You guys on the front row, I want to tell you something. You listen to me. If you don't decide in your heart that you're going to live for God, if you don't purpose, my life is going to be about God and walking with Him, if you don't do that, you won't. You'll be hit and miss Christians like a lot of people. Just like a yo-yo up and down, up and down in your spiritual life. You must choose. It's not just going to happen all day. One day you wake up and say, oh, I purposed in my heart, I guess, uh, to live for God. No, you make a choice yeah. of what the purpose is in your life. Every one of us is that way.
And so we must purposely choose the purpose of God. You have to purposely choose to pray and read your Bible in a way that draws you closer to the Lord. You can read it. You can pray in a way that it don't mean anything. Or you can purposely choose to make a difference in your life. You have to purposely choose to trust and put your faith in God and His Word. It's not just going to say, okay, I, I'm saved, so I, I believe everything and I'm going to trust everything. No problem. No. You have to make a choice. And it's based upon God's Word, on, his, on what He has done in the past, and you must purpose in your heart, on purpose, that you're going to trust Him. You must settle it. Years ago, years ago, when my grandfather was, had emphysema, he went to the doctor, he'd been smoking all his life, he was like everybody else back in those days. He rolled his own, didn't have no filters on there thing, and, and I remember uh, him coughing and hacking and everything, and he went to the doctor, they said, if you don't quit smoking, you'll be dead in three months. Three months. He just quit, boom, just like that. But even after that, he still had the emphysema, still had the struggles. And I can remember being at Grandma and Grandpa sitting at the table, and you're sitting there eating your mashed potatoes like that, and he starts hacking and coughing, and he grabs a, a, a paper towel and... <coughs> you look down at your potatoes. I hope that's gravy on those potatoes. And I remember... And I was in grade school. I purposed in my heart. I didn't understand this, but I made a solemn promise to myself. I'll never smoke. Amen. Preacher, did you ever smoke? Never. Amen. Never had a lit cigarette, cigar, or pipe in my mouth. Had some of those candy ones, one, you know, if you're you, you, kidding. <laughs> Bubblegum cigars. And you know what? That stuck with me. My dad smoked. My grandparents smoked. But because of what I'd seen, I didn't want anything to do with it. Amen. Now, I'm not bragging on me. I'm just using it as an example. Now, wait a minute. Let's take it to where we really need to be. If you're going to live for God, you've got a purpose in your heart on purpose. On purpose. That you're going to cleave to Him. And live for him and put him first. You have to purposely choose to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and have control in your life. It's the purpose of God in your life that's done on purpose. Let me say it again it's the purpose of God in your life that's done on purpose. You have to do it. Choosing that purpose for your life. And then we can truly understand what Paul means when he says this over in Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Amen. It's about His purpose. When we follow him, we need to heed the exhortation of Barnabas. 
verse 23, he exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. We need to cleave unto the Lord with our whole being. You say, preacher, how do you, how, what, what do you do? I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd find a place in altar tonight and say, Lord, I want to cleave unto you. And Lord, I choose for you to be in control of my life. And I choose on purpose to live for you, to serve you, to, to get in the world. I choose to surrender my life to you, to allow the Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me. It's a choice. You say, well, okay, I'll do that one time. No, 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 you don't understand. <coughs> it's a commitment continually. It's a commitment continually, daily. He said, daily, take up your cross. You understand that when he says take up your cross, he's talking about taking up the purpose of God. Amen. And follow me daily. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. Pray that you be glorified in all that's said and done. Help us to magnify you, Lord, with our lives. Help us, Lord, to understand that we must do the purpose of God in our lives on purpose. And Lord, you, you have a purpose. Barnabas said that that purpose of heart was to cleave unto you. Lord, help us to cleave unto you, to draw an eye to you, to never turn loose of you, to do that which is pleasing unto you. Help us to be that light in this world. Help us to reach souls. Help us to magnify you. Help us to bring honor and glory to your name. You deserve all honor and glory. Have your will and way in the invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed?